Hey guys, welcome to episode 138 of SwiftCast. This is Nate, Ashley, Adam, and Haley. So we have a really cool episode for you guys, but first we wanted to touch on this really awesome fan email that we got uh, from one of our listeners. Her name is Annabelle. Uh, she's from Sydney, and she sent us this really great email um, outlining all of her thoughts regarding episode 134, where we made a ton of Grammy predictions. So anyway, it was really good. We just wanted to, first of all, say thank you for the awesome email. And secondly, uh, just a couple of things that, you know, we thought were great from it that, you know, we, we really, you know, appreciated. We, we agreed with. She thinks also, like us, Taylor's going to come home with around two to three Grammys. So I think that's a pretty fair statement. Yeah, this definitely isn't going to be one of those instances where she takes home almost everything she's nominated, like the AMAs or the billboards where, you know, she walks away with eight awards or something like that. Oh, absolutely right. <laughs> that just doesn't happen in the Grammys. So no, yeah. With seven nominations, we definitely think she can get two or three. And we definitely agree with you, Annabelle. The one I thought was really interesting um, for record of the year, we thought maybe Ed Sheeran might win. And, you know, he still possibly could. But Annabelle thinks that Uptown Funk will actually win it, which I think is really an interesting choice. But she makes a good point. Uptown Funk, uh, she says, was such a massive hit, has great vocals, and was a bit different to some of the other songs on the radio last year. She said, however, if they don't win, she thinks Blank Space will take it, which I agree with. Yeah, I loved hearing all of her predictions and some of them that were the same as ours or different. And I would just love to hear from more listeners to hear what everyone thinks because, you know, we all have different backgrounds and I feel like we kind of all look at the nominations in a different way. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Like, I could not agree 100% more. The cool thing I thought, and now she's from Australia, which I always see this for, you know, uh, either the Australian listeners or from the United Kingdom, but she closed the letter with cheers, which I thought was really cool. So cheers, Annabelle. Thanks very much for uh, for sending that to us. Really, we appreciated that. And one last thing that she did mention was that she's hoping for a piano version of Out of the Woods if Taylor performs at the Grammys. I still do think she will perform. I know some people maybe think she won't, but I agree with Annabelle that I would love to see the piano version of Out of the Woods at the Grammys just to showcase how good she is. I would say if she does perform, that's a likely choice. So for any of you guys who just want to share your opinions with anything that's on our episode, you can always email us at theswiftcast13 at gmail.com and we'll definitely give you a shout out like we did for Annabelle. So now we're going to be moving into uh, the meat of our episode. We're going to start out with some older tweets. Our first tweet comes from January 10th of 2009, which can you believe that's seven years ago? Oh my God, seriously. Ugh, 2009 was seven years ago. That's scary. That is scary. That is scary. So seven years ago around this time, on January 10th, Taylor tweeted, It's finally Saturday and it's snowing in New York. That's such a simple tweet. We need more of those tweets, Taylor. A few days later, on January 14th, 2009, Taylor wrote, On set, transforming into someone else. I love CSI. CSI was seven years ago. Get out of here. Oh, man, that's crazy. And ever since then, we've just been waiting and waiting and waiting for her to have another similar TV appearance. Nothing at all. I'm waiting for the eventual announcement of her being on SVU, but I guess it might not happen this season <laughs> now that we're pretty far into the year maybe hopefully next year i don't know i really feel like she has to do it eventually i don't know i mean taylor did invite mariska out on stage i feel like mariska could invite taylor on set just saying 
I feel like Mariska said in an interview or something like Taylor has an open invitation, like we'd love to have her. Oh, that's cool. I hope so. I hope she jumps in on that. I think they're just waiting probably for the timing to work out. Mm. And the right role. Well, our next one comes from January 11th of 2010. She said, Studio-ness with all the same boys who played on Fearless. Homemade cupcakes were brought. Awkward fist pumps happen. Onward. What does this tweet even mean? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure what happened with this tweet. I guess it was some sort of like album rep party in the studio for people that worked on Fearless. Hmm. Well, our next one comes from January 13th, 2010, and Taylor tweets, More recording. So excited, so excited, so excited. See, I said that three times. Once for every album we've made in this studio. So that was when they were definitely working on Speak Now. Hmm. And then a couple days later, January 15th of that year, she tweeted, The hardest part about motivating myself to run is finding matching socks. (laughs) This is one of those tweets I never knew existed. It's just funny to read. The next one comes from January 13th, 2011. Got to rehearsal early. No one else is here yet. So, I'm in the production office making a necklace out of paper clips. The infamous paperclip necklace tweet. If that was in the current day, I feel like she would Instagram a video of that. Isn't that funny how that technology didn't even exist back then? <laughs> or our next one comes from January 13th of 2012, and Taylor tweets, Apparently, my only way of dealing with remote control that isn't working right is to bang it on the table and scream, Come on! Usually works. Usually works. Still works to this day. (laughs) (laughs) She probably still does it, too. On January 9th of 2013, Taylor tweeted, Sitting here with my new People's Choice Award and Chinese food takeout, watching Law & Order. Thank you for a beautiful night. And that was the last time she went to the People's Choice. Three years ago. I remember that award show too, yeah. Jeez. Our next tweet comes from January 10th, 2013, and it was a tweet that was very much talked about in the fandom, because it was a big clue for all of us. She wrote, back in the studio, Uh uh-oh. I remember this tweet. So this was right after, basically it was assumed that Taylor had just broken up with Harry Styles. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lots of drama surrounding this tweet. And I, especially knowing Taylor's attitude towards the media now, and it was definitely getting towards that point in 2013, I almost feel like she was, like, egging them on on purpose by tweeting this. She was probably so just over the media frenzy that was going on at that time that she was like, okay, if they think that this is all I do is, like, write songs, like, I'm just going to tweet this because why not? I think maybe this tweet is what sparked all of that, if I remember, because I I thought it was like spring, basically, of 2013, where all the media really started digging into her. So I thought this was like one of the first tweets that really like put that idea out there. Yeah, I guess it's kind of a cycle when you really look at it. That's true. That's true. They've always been going after her. And then as soon as she Mm -hmm. says anything, it just like makes it worse. And then I feel like this was all leading up to basically blank space when she decided to, as she said, take control of the story. That's very true. Yeah, that's a good point. She wouldn't tweet something like that now, three years later. Oh, absolutely not. No, it'd be a publicist nightmare. Our next one comes from January 13th of 2014. She says, it's the 13th and it's 13 days until the Grammys. I'm aware that I talk about 13s too much, as well as cats and foods, but two in one day. 
Woohoo! She still does subtle things with 13. Like, did you notice when she tweeted out of the woods and she put all the tree emojis, she put 13 trees. That's so funny to me. Or when she does um, music she's listening to, she always does it at the 13th second mark. It's so funny. She still is all about the 13. She's just more subtle about it. So our next one comes from January 9th, 2015. And this is a funny tweet. Scott Swift, the newest member of Heim. And it's a picture of Scott with the three band members of Heim having a good time. (laughs) (laughs) And now this was... Shortly before she made the surprise announcement that they would be opening for her. Correct. It doesn't feel like that was only a year ago, but it was. And then the very next day, January 10th of last year, 2015, an Instagram post said, Jack and I went back to the birthplace of 1989 and simply rejoiced. And that was when she was with Jack Antonoff. And it's a picture of them in the studio just being funny. (laughs) Taylor has some sort of poncho on, which is interesting. And I don't know what Jack is wearing. A trench coat, I guess? <laughs> Looks like it. It's a very interesting picture. Well, that's all we have for uh, Taylor's older tweets for this week. So now we're going to be moving on to Keeping Up With Swift. We already had the performance of Out of the Woods from the Grammy Museum. And now Taylor has released two more performances from her acoustic set. And those are Wildest Dreams and Blank Space. And they are amazing. We'll be talking about those a little bit later in the episode. So at the People's Choice Awards, Taylor won for Favorite Female Artist and Favorite Pop Artist, which is pretty dang cool. For our next bit of news, some of you guys may have already seen Taylor's tweet about it, but Nashville songwriters are going to be performing songs from 1989 at the City Winery in Nashville in February, which is really awesome. It's this cool fundraiser that they're doing. Some of us on SwiftCast may or may not be going to that. Unconfirmed. Unconfirmed. But we will keep you posted. And our last piece of news, we just want to say a very happy birthday to Andrea Swift, of course, Taylor's mom. And her birthday is today, January 10th. Yay! Happy birthday! Happy, happy birthday! Andrea, she's so nice. She's the best. I would love to see what Taylor and Austin and Scott got her for gifts, because I feel like it would be funny. <laughs> they always get each other really funny gifts in their family. Yeah. I wonder if, for her birthday, they gave her an all-black wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> Just what she wanted! <laughs> Andrea gives good mom hugs. Do you guys agree? She really does. She does. She gives, like, the best mom hugs. <laughs> Anyway, I digress. Well, that's it for our new segment for this week. Uh, So now we're just going to hit you guys with a couple of calendar updates. Well, there's only one, unfortunately, this episode, and that is the upcoming Grammy Awards on February 15th. And Taylor has seven nominations, and those nominations are Album of the Year for 1989, Record of the Year for Blank Space, Song of the Year for Blank Space, Best Pop Solo Performance for Blank Space, Best Pop Duo Group Performance for Bad Blood with Kendrick Lamar. Best Pop Vocal Album for 1989. And Best Music Video for Bad Blood. It's coming up. I'm excited. Yeah, for the first time, I don't know if ever, but for the first time lately, it will be on a Monday instead of a Sunday. So that will be different. I'm pretty sure she has to come home with at least one Grammy. Just saying. At least one. Obviously, she deserves a lot more, but she has to. There's no way. This year, she cannot come home without a Grammy. 
I would lose all faith in Grammys. And humanity. And humanity. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to move on. We are going to talk about our mini-segments. So our first one is a Swifty problem, and they said, this is so me. And they're referring to a meme where it says, when someone asks me a question about Taylor Swift, and it's a picture of Taylor, and it says, welcome to the Taylor Swift Education Center. So true. That's a funny meme. I think we all have that. <laughs> I do this with my friends who like don't believe me when I tell them things. I'm like, let me talk for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Our next one comes from at LEGFanCom on Twitter, and they tweet, Can't stop listening to Out of the Woods. Send help. Hashtag Swifty Problems. There is no help. The only solution is to just keep listening to it. I've been really digging uh, as far as Out of the Woods goes. I mean, you know, uh, the Grammy thing aside from the 1989 live video. I love that Out of the Woods performance. It was so good. There was so much, you know, energy in that. It was awesome. Nothing will ever beat the bridge on that song. Seriously, seriously. Speaking of kind of on that note, it's funny because today I was listening to the radio and Love Story came on randomly, which is very exciting. But usually when the radio plays it, it's the pop version of it, like pop remix or whatever you want mm -hmm. to call it, you know, the more upbeat version. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's always really bothered me in the past, but now it almost sounds similar to the tour version and I can deal with it. It does. Yeah, you're right. It does. So, that was a plus. I want the tour version of it to be on the radio. Yes. Just saying. I truly think if she re-released that version onto iTunes, it would immediately sell millions of copies. <laughs> it really would, seriously. I mean, it's her most popular song pretty much ever. She said that. People love it. They would definitely buy the new version. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, that's all we have this week uh, just for our mini-segments. If any of you guys want to submit for our Swifty problems, uh, you can tweet us at SwiftCast13. Tell us what your Swifty problems are. We'd love to feature you on our episode. Or you can email us or find all that information on our website, too. So please, tell us what your Swifty problems are. I love this segment. We very much want to know. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we're going to be moving on now to our fashion segment, my favorite segments, and Adam's as well. Well, it's your favorite. You can just do the whole thing. Okay, I'm doing it. <laughs> that wouldn't be fair to you guys. Go ahead, Ashley. Our first piece of fashion is from December 23rd, 2015. Taylor was skiing with Calvin in Vail, Colorado. I can't believe she didn't invite me. So rude. So rude. She's in my state. So close, too. How far is Vail from you? Vail is about a two, three hour drive up into the mountains. Oh, man. So it's not that far. I don't drive in the mountains in the winter, though. You do when Taylor Swift invites you. You do when Taylor Swift invites you. <laughs> I make someone else drive me. I don't drive. <laughs> well, on the skiing outing, she was wearing a jacket and pant outfit from the brand Lamb, L-A-M-B, Burton. And the jacket was the OC insulator jacket for three hundred forty nine ninety five, And the pants are called the Johnny Slim Pants. And they are $239.95. Our next one is from the Out of the Woods music video. And Taylor was wearing both a J. Mendel custom slip and a J. Mendel custom dress. And there are no prices for those because I think you have to be pretty important to have J. Mendel make something for you. <laughs> one of a kind. 
Our next one was when Taylor was arriving at the gym in Los Angeles on December 31st. She was wearing a Heritage 66 sleeveless t-shirt for $35. She was wearing a Victoria's Secret The Ultimate Sport leggings in black-pink combo, and that's $92.50. She had a Burberry, the rucksack in technical nylon and leather, that's $1,295. And then she was wearing Yeezy Boost 350 sneakers, which are $891.27. People were kind of freaking out about those because they are from Kanye's line. They were, yeah, I noticed that too on Twitter. Well, our next one is uh, when Taylor was out for a hike in LA, California on actually New Year's Eve, December 31st, 2015. Uh, Taylor was seen wearing a Ralph Lauren suede patch jodeper leggings. The price was $98.50. Uh, she was also wearing a Woolrich Rockies boot for $224.95. She wore a Bleachers silver logo crew neck at $50. And finally, a Burberry the rucksack in technical nylon and leather for oof, a whopping $1,295. I love when she wears any sort of band or artist shirts like this bleachers shirt because that's one of the only times that what she's wearing is affordable. Our next item is from December 31st, New Year's Eve at Omnia Nightclub in Las Vegas when she went to watch Calvin's set. She was wearing a gnome Hanuk Nika lace bandeau jumpsuit that was $840, but it's now sold out. On January 2nd, when she was arriving at the gym, she was wearing Nike Lunar Element sneakers in black and pink, and those are $79. And she had a Zimmerman crossbody saddlebag, and that is $495, but looks like it is sold out. I actually really love these Nikes. I want them. And our last one that we have for you guys uh, was when Taylor was just heading to the gym in West Hollywood, California. This was on January 8th of this year. Taylor was seen wearing a super dry gym running leggings in charcoal grit, and they were forty nine fifty. Oh, we hope you guys enjoyed our fashion segment for the week. Uh, as always, a big thanks to TaySwiftStyle.com for providing us with all of our up-to-date fashion information. All right, we're at that point of our episode. We've come to our main discussion for the episode. So this week for our main discussion, we're going to be talking a little bit about Taylor's recent Grammy performances or acoustic performances, and then some of our favorite acoustic performances of Taylor's that we like. So first of all, on our Twitter, we ended up polling you guys for what you guys thought was your favorite acoustic Grammy performance. Anyway, the results are as follows. In 55%, first place was Out of the Woods. Second was Wildest Dreams with 24% of the vote. And finally, Blank Space at a close 21% of the vote. Honestly, they all deserve 100%. They really do, seriously. All of those performances, really, I was just blown away by. My favorite thing about these performances coming out is the amount of articles that results in headlines that are something like, and you thought Taylor Swift couldn't sing. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, or watch Taylor Swift slay Wildest Dreams. Yeah. It's good, though, because I think some people who haven't been to her tour probably still feel like she's not a strong singer and while other artists like Adele or like Carrie Underwood might have higher vocal ranges she is a very good singer and she always has been mm -hmm. absolutely and I don't think it gets recognized enough honestly 
I was surprised because of the three of these, I have to say my favorite one of these was the lowest scoring one, which was Blank Space. That was honestly my favorite one. I really, really enjoyed that performance. I wanted the version that included Diamonds, Seasides, whatever else was in the voice memo. Diamonds, Seaside, all these things. Almonds. I thought it was Almonds Tins. <laughs> was it Almonds? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm completely with you. This was my favorite performance as well. Was it Blank Space? Yeah. Seriously, I mean, really, I think that was very underrated on our on our Twitter poll. Well, how about you guys, Ashley and Adam? What did you guys think? I know it's a cop-out, <laughs> but I truly feel like I cannot pick a favorite. If you had to pick one. <laughs> I think I would pick Blank Space, too. You think so? Okay, yeah. All right, Adam, that's three to one. <laughs> I love them all as well, of course. But I still, I know it's been around, maybe it's because it's been around longer since it was released earlier, but I love Out of the Woods so much and just how she changed it a little bit when she played it on the piano. And it's just so different from the tour performance, but it's still such an amazing song that it's my favorite. It's a really powerful, yeah. And because I watched all of them again, one thing that struck me about Out of the Woods was that it reminded me of what Taylor was saying when she was talking about Ryan Adams' 1989, how he was able to take her lyrics and music but totally change the feeling of the songs and i feel like that's what she did with out of the woods she made it a totally different emotional feel mm -hmm. and speaking just very quickly about ryan adams 1989 i was really excited the other day because on my local radio stations they were playing ryan adams 1989 it was great it was awesome i heard bad blood and i heard style and one other one too i can't remember but anyway i thought it was insane i'm like wow I mean, obviously, this album came out a year ago, and the covers are now being played on the radio. That is cool. I never would have thought that would happen. It will live on forever. Mm -hmm. So while we're on the topic of acoustic performances, or just covers in general, I suppose, what are some of your guys' favorite anything that Taylor's ever done, cover-wise, acoustic-wise? It can be anything. What, um, what do you guys think? Well, I'll start it off. We were debating a little bit earlier before we started recording what the definition of an acoustic performance is, and I kind of thought it was anything that wasn't with a full band. You might say that it's guitar only, but I think the piano still qualifies as acoustic because it's just her and one instrument. It's nobody else. I suppose that's true. Mm -hmm. So my first initial thought was that the 2000... 14 Grammy performance of All Too Well on the piano was one of my all-time favorites. Oh, who doesn't love that performance? Seriously. That performance should just be brought back at every award show forever. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm not sure if she will do Out of the Woods piano because it is similar. And that was the last Grammy performance that she had. Correct. Mm. So we'll see. I mean, maybe she will do it despite it being similar just because of how awesome Out of the Woods is, but that's for another episode. That makes me think back to around that time before the Grammys, how we had no idea if she was performing, we had no idea what she was performing, and then it was like a couple days before and she tweeted, like, at rehearsal, like, wonder what I'm going to play, and like, gave it away basically, and everyone flipped out. Because weren't fans asking her to play that, and she basically said, okay, I'll do it? Oh, like crazy. Like crazy. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, basically the entire tour. They wanted her to release it. They wanted her to play it, everything. Because that performance that she did at the Grammys was almost directly from the Red Tour. That was almost identical to the Red Tour performance. Yep. So 
Anyway, oh, everybody loved that song. I still love that song to this day. Absolutely one of my favorite songs of all time. To this day, I still see people talking about how they hope she releases the longer extended version. (laughs) (laughs) There was this rumor that there was a 10-minute version, and everybody just like wanted to hear this thing, but I think, who was it? Was it Scott Borchetta that finally said this will never be released? (laughs) (laughs) And then a new rumor started circulating recently saying that Taylor lost the CD or something. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Sometimes you have to let it die. The things we come up with. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Well, I have so many. It's really difficult because it's one of those things where you would think that you have your favorite and then you think of a thousand more. But a recent one that I really enjoyed was when she covered Vance Joy's Riptide at the BBC Live Lounge. Yes, absolutely. And at the time, I wasn't even really familiar with the song, but I still thought it was amazing. I completely agree. I love Riptide. I mean, I think it's a great song. And to hear it done so well on piano really is just something else. You know what I just thought of that maybe isn't reasonable, but... What if she came out and sang Riptide with Vance at one show? That would be really cool. You know, and I've been thinking about this too, with all these artists that she's invited on stage with her, these artists are going to start inviting her on their stage too. I know it's going to happen. How many cool performances are we going to end up getting? That's very true. You mean if Taylor starts going to other performer shows? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the likelihood is high, but I sure hope so because that would be awesome. We're going to get something, at least. I know it. I mean, she showed up in Chicago at the Rolling Stones concert a couple years ago. That's true. Mm -hmm. She showed up at Ed Sheeran's show in New York City um, at the end of uh, his Plus tour. Well, maybe one day she'll show up at one of Vance's shows and play Riptide. We can hope. Oh, we can hope. (laughs) My favorite acoustic song was from a while ago, and it's the Viva La Vida song that she did at the BBC. I completely forgot about that until you said that. I loved that acoustic performance. It was so good. It was so good. I would have that on repeat for most of the day. I mean, Coldplay songs in general are just very good for, you know, an acoustic version of it. So, I mean, when Taylor did it, really, I mean, she just nailed it. She blew it out of the water. How long ago was it? That had to be, what, three years ago? Four years ago? No, it was like more 2010-ish. 2010? Was it that? It was a while ago. Oh, wow. Man. She still had her curly hair. Oh, she did. That's right. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Well, in the same vein, one of my all-time favorite performances from Taylor is like a vintage cover performance. And I know everyone's familiar with it. It's when Taylor was on the Speak Now tour and she would do random cover songs. And But this one always stuck with me. It was Drops of Jupiter. Absolutely one of my favorite performances from her of all time. I think that's because you're biased towards Pat Monahan. I may be a little bit biased towards Pat Monahan, but <laughs> but seriously, that song is she did that song so well, and she flipped it, you know, uh, from a female perspective to like anyway, the whole thing was really it was just awesome. It was great. The best part about that song too is that it was immortalized on the Speak Now live DVD, so you can see it in this HD quality like as many times as you want. It's awesome. Seriously, it was great. I can't say that enough. It was awesome. <laughs> I was fortunate enough to be there. I'm so lucky. I know. Seriously, it's insane. I, like, I'm so jealous. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was in September of 2011 in San Jose, California. 
I think that's what I miss the most about her tours now, and I understand because she has so many old songs that she wants to fit in each year, but I miss the covers. I really do. Mm-hmm. Oh, me too. Seriously. I think covers are like one of the best ways to keep something secret because she could practice it anywhere. That's a good point. Another cover that I really liked that was on the Speak Now Live version as well is Betty Davis' Eyes. That is so unique, too. Seriously. I mean, I don't think she's ever either covered that again or anything even like it in that range. Yeah, I wasn't familiar with that song at all. I don't even know if I've ever ever heard the original version, but I just remember from hearing on the Speak Now Live CD how she said, this song was came out in 1981, eight years before I was born. <laughs> and it's funny to think back now how the album currently is called 1989. Mm, that's true. That was something that was always really fun for me on the Speak Now tour, because she would do, for the most part, covers of artists that were from the city she was in. So I would go down the list and think about what cities were coming up and make predictions about what I thought she might cover. That was always fun. That was a fun tour. One other honorable mention one I wanted to talk about. I don't know if you guys remember, but I think it is available to watch on YouTube. It was at the announcement of the Red album, which was that at Taylor's house in Nashville. Mm-hmm. It was. And during the live stream, I don't think she played it, but I think the YouTube videos were put on afterwards. And she played a couple of songs with just the guitar. And she played 22 with the guitar, and it was awesome. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I was really kind of hoping for that as a B-Stage song this year. Yeah, I really thought at least the big ones from Red would make it to B-Stage songs this year, but alas. The only ones that she did were Red and Holy Ground at one of the international shows. Mm-hmm. Just makes me really sad to think about next tour, what's getting cut. Everything. <gasps> Oh, that's so sad. I know. (laughs) Because even of the singles, it's just too hard to fit them all in. Mm -hmm. I think Shake It Off and Blank Space will be the only things that make it. Honestly, that might be true. But while that is sad, think about this. Think about back in 2013 when you were at the Red Tour and watching the Red Tour and thinking about, oh man, I can't believe on the next tour... You know, we're not going to get any of these songs except for maybe one or two. And look what that turned out to be. That doesn't help me, Adam. I'm still sad about that. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, you can relive it now on 1989 Live. That's very true. That's very true. We've always just wanted it to be like a six-hour concert. I know. Mm -hmm. I would say they're all day. All the albums, all the eras, all the singles. (laughs) Could you imagine? (laughs) I think I'd pay like... $600 $600 for a ticket if that was the case. Oh, easy. I'd pay, yeah. I'd, I don't even know how much I'd pay. That would be awesome. I still maintain that Taylor should do one final Red Tour show just so that she can record it and just so it'll be on a Red Tour DVD. Just saying. Just put a long-haired wig on her. <laughs> Prancing around with this wig on. Oh my god. And they'd have to hire back Grant and Caitlin and a bunch of people. Oh. Well, we'd love to hear from all of you guys. What are your, some of your guys' favorite acoustic performances or covers or just, hey, performances in general? I mean, what do you guys think? We'd love to hear from you. If you guys want to get in contact with us, you can tweet us at SwiftCast13. You can find us on Tumblr, swiftcast13.tumblr.com. You can find us on Instagram, instagram.com slash theswiftcast13. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash theswiftcast. 
You can email us at theswiftcast13 at gmail.com, or you can find all these things conveniently on our website, swiftcast13.com. Newly designed by Nate. Hmm. A couple new things in there, and more to come, so brace yourselves. <laughs> and just a quick reminder for you guys, please press the subscribe button on iTunes, and conveniently, it'll automatically download the latest episode for you each week. So what do you think next week Taylor will do, guys? I know it's kind of tough to say. It's, you know, kind of the off-season now, but... I know what she's not going to do. What's that? She's not going to tweet back in the studio. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think she learned her lesson on that one. She'll probably go to the gym. Or the fake gym. Whichever. The fake gym. The gym disguised as a recording studio. <laughs> well, I think that on the 15th, she will tweet something about one month away from the Grammys. Mm. Surprisingly, she still has not tweeted anything about the Grammys, about her nominations or anything. She's trying to play it cool, even though she's extremely excited on the inside. Internally screaming. <laughs> I wonder if she'll start wearing her Grammy necklace again. I feel like she would probably have very superstitious beliefs about that necklace. <laughs> I think, and hope, hopefully, that within the next week, Taylor's going to tweet a picture of herself with somebody we haven't seen in a while. Could be, could be Ed, could be anyone from the squad. Could be Calvin. Haven't seen one in a while. Could be Meredith. I hope she tweets something, though. I hope Meredith is alive. <laughs> we didn't mention this. Can I just say the video of Olivia on the chair is super cute? She looks so funny sitting like that. <laughs> Alright, guys. So for episode 138, this has been Nate. Ashley. Adam. And Haley. We'll see you next week, guys. Bye, guys. See ya. Bye. Later. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.